Brothers and sisters, it's time for Angel Repair Juice. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Angel Repair Juice. My name's Henry Volk. Yeah. My name. Yeah. Yeah, rock and roll. And my name is Matthew Pancake. Yeah. And you're listening to the niche of all time, although there's been a couple of other niches that have come out. The the nostril of Palpatine is actually probably my favorite niche, sounding niche of niches of all time. You know, Star Wars from a Lutheran perspective, but we're anime from a Lutheran perspective. You know, we can still say that, even though there is supposedly another show out there that's anime from a Christian perspective. We're going to zoom even farther. We're going to go down, drilling it down to a Lutheran perspective, because with Lutherans, I could actually grab me a beer, turn around, open the thing. <laughs> you know, have you, do you, do you, oh, listen, uh, this is going to be good, because if you say no, I'm going to be so, so angry. Do you listen to, to Radical Grace Radio, <laughs> Henry? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever been on there on those days where I have um, where say we we allude to it? I can do it on this show because no, probably there's very little crossover between the two shows. I probably got one set of fans over here, one set of fans over there. But from time to time, we're drinking beer while we're doing this show. <laughs> and and, and um, here's here's the trick: is sometimes we have the Mormon beer. Oh, Yinglings! Yingling, eighteen. You get it, didn't you? Eighteen twenty-nine. No, yes. Yeah. See, I was looking at that one day. I had it in my hand, and I went, "Now that's odd." That eighteen twenty-nine. That means something. <laughs> and I had to look yes. it up, but it's like, oh, let's see. The Mormon religion and Yingling beer were both founded in the same year. <laughs> one of them wonder, was really great, and one of them was, was really, really horrible. Yeah. I you, wonder which one. I don't know. Let me take another drink and find out. <laughs> You know, it seems like I I, I've, I know a lot of Lutherans online that drink Yingling. Like 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 it's always like they post these pictures. It's like, well, I don't have any money tonight, so it's Yinglings. <laughs> but it's not like a bad. Well, thing. the it's thing like is, a, is the thing is, is Yingling's not a um, it's not a budget beer. You go into places where it's obvious that they've got the doors set up to where there's the more expensive beers, and then there's the less expensive beers. Yingling is at the bottom rung of the more expensive beers, but it's like $2 more than the budget beers. So I don't know where where people go, oh, it's a, I'll tell you what it is. This is the beer that you can buy that, you know, still tastes like beer, but, you know, is still cheap enough to where you feel like you're saving some money. That's that's probably <laughs> what's that's probably what's really going on there. You know, because if you've ever headed into the into the budget beer section, that's where the natural light and natural ice and stuff is. And we all know what Barney thinks of that. No, natural ice, get it off me, get it off me. I mean, Barney on the Simpsons won't even drink that stuff. It's funny though when we were in Germany, like my the last night, my pastor had posted. a, uh, a Facebook post saying that I'll miss Germany for the beer's cheaper than water. 
but like you can go in like the grocery store and you can buy a tall boy of, of like Bitburger or just like any German brand beer tall boy for like fifty European EU Euro cents. Yeah. Only in Germany. You, of course, you can get beer at McDonald's in Germany too. Oh, hey, that's different. Or Burger King. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Stop. Germans stop, loving stop. some beer. Stop. Okay. I was going to ask oh. the wrong question. Now I'm going to ask the right question. Is there yeah. any place you can't buy beer in Germany? Yeah. Was there some place you couldn't buy beer? I mean, I would imagine like a municipal building or a hospital, but it seems like everyone else. But you're not certain. Not certain. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Luckily, while I was there, even though I was sick, I didn't end up taking a trip to the hospital to find out. But it's like, look, never know. There's, there's a vending machine with beer in it at, at, in the waiting room. But the, actually, they, that would make perfect sense, you know. It would. Well, at they the still way- have cigarette machines over there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. The rest of the world still still has that. Not America. Not in, well, in America, one of these days we'll get smart and go, oh, we could have banned this. Uh, but yeah. right now, for some reason, everyone's addicted to the tax tax money. Okay, so do we have a new season of anime going on here? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So that thing that we did last season that we kept calling the fire hose roundup. Where I don't know. What do you think, Henry? You've had a week to mull it over. Do you think fire hose roundup is a decent title for that? Imagine this: all I, these episodes in, and we're still debating the names of the segments. I here's my proposition, Matthew. I say we you leave it to the Facebook group. We will post a question in there and see what the the listeners think for themselves. Well, it's worth a try. Like a, yeah, it's it's worth a try. <laughs> see if anyone actually cares. So we, if they don't, then we'll just have to. So, okay, then this may be the last... Fi- okay, let's do that then. We said this may be the last Anime Fire-O's Roundup. Before we do it, the regular. The Fire-O's Roundup. On the first episode of the new season of Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, Tekadon finally arrives at the Earth's Sphere. However, first they must stop off at the Duke Colonies to deliver a supply shipment. Fumitan receives an order that Kundali is to be assassinated on the colonies and become a political martyr. Being deeply troubled, Fumitan disobeys the order and goes out shopping with Kundalia, Mika, Atra, and Biscuit on Dute 3. While shopping, Biscuit reveals that he was born on Dute 2 and that he has a brother who lives on Dute 3. Atra and Kundalia pressure him into contacting his brother, and so he does. Meanwhile, Orga heads to Dute 2 to deliver the shipment to the factory workers there. Unbeknownst to Tekadon, their shipment was actually guns and weaponized factory equipment. Garlhorn shows up and starts a firefight with the militarized factory workers, who believe that it is Kundalia who has given them the weapons to start a rebellion. Bubuki Baranki tells the tale of two fraternal twins named Azuma and Kaoroko Kazuki, who live with their mother and father on an asteroid far above modern-day Earth. The Buranki live there, who are giant mecha that sleepwalk and must be kept asleep by their mother, who has the power to control the Buranki. But when an accident awakens the sleeping mecha, the twins are sent back to Earth as mom stays behind to try and control the oncoming onslaught. Ten years later, Azuma returns to Japan to find that the incident where the Buranki fell to Earth that day has been covered up by the government 
and a band of Bubuki users are intent on revealing the truth to the world. There's a problem, though. Azuma holds the key to awakening the fallen Boranki, but he doesn't have the foggiest idea how. Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash opens with a group of otherwise normal people waking up in a fantasy world called Grimgar, where their memories are partially wiped and they have no idea how they got there. Some join together to form a party, where they quickly find that they're outmatched by even the weakest of forest creatures. It soon becomes apparent that their memories aren't completely wiped, as they can remember cell phones, but they can't remember what a cell phone is. But the group form a bond and decide to stick together, no matter what comes. Noodles are placed in a pot of boiling water. Butter is added to a saute pan, then stock, and finally tomato sauce. A young man is making pomodoro sauce. His name is Nagi. He adds in the pasta and garnishes it with some fresh basil. He prepares a plate for another chef, his mentor. Her name is Azuma. He's nervous, but she likes the dish. It is, in fact, her recipe. It was the first thing she made for him when she took him in under her wing. Now he's leaving Japan for Milan to learn the secrets of Italian cuisine. He cries. She's taken care of him the past three years and taught him everything he knows about cooking. Azuma reflects on her own journey as a chef because she too was once in his position. She had also become attached to a chef who mentored her, but like her pupil now, her mentor had left her. The next morning she bids him farewell. She remarks, now I'm sending off a second. He inquires, and she makes a remark about the suitcase's former owner. And he asks if it was hers, but she dismisses his question and waves goodbye. He leaves. A man walks through the restaurant door and makes the remark, I wish you just wouldn't give away my old suitcase. The man is her former mentor and now husband. This is the Tabimaki Late Show, produced by Comic Waves Films. The series is comprised of four episodes constructed around the theme Goodbyes and Journeys, entitled Recipe, Transistor Smartphone, Summer Festival, and Clover. It is a part of the Ultra Super Anime Time Programming Block broadcast in Japan. Sato Fujinuma, 29 years old is a manga artist who works part-time as a pizza delivery man. Sato has an ability he calls revival, and whenever something terrible is about to happen, he can often stop a fatal accident from occurring. When his mother comes to visit him, she recounts for him a case of kidnapping that happened when he was a child, and how the murderer was caught and put in jail. But soon she discovers that they were wrong back then, and the wrong man was convicted of the crime. But the real murderer catches up with her and kills her, leaving Sato the only suspect about to be arrested. Just as the police move in, he finds himself transported back 19 years and now living as his 11-year-old self, he has the chance to save not only his mother, but his classmates from being murdered. And that was this week's Anime Fire's Roundup. Okay, so what we're going to do, I guess, Henry, let's save like the back half to talk about, like, maybe get a little more detail about these shows. I, I agree. Because we don't, because, you know, it. we haven't been doing that as much as we should, because that was kind of the point of what we're, 
which of what we're doing here. So yeah, since yeah. since you were nice enough to point out to me that somebody else is trying to do podcasting about anime, yeah, I thought that, that it would be a good idea for you and me to since they were since they've got like what eighteen twenty thousand pages explaining what they are that we would tell all of you what we're not. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> I like to do yeah. things that way. I, now, I, now, I, I think this should be said that we've almost been doing this a year now. Yep, actually, ten days. If if, yeah. if what I see in the file folder there, we created the first file folder on the twenty fifth. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that you know the show went up on the twenty fifth. It went up you on the twenty seventh. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. and I think we can look that up on the feed and see what it says. For yeah. sure, but either way, about ten days from now, it will be the first, the first anniversary of Angel Repair Juice, and it was this time last year that we were laughing our heads off because we had found the title for the show. Thank you again, William Shatner. We yes. couldn't, we couldn't, you know, be doing this without you. We really couldn't. We really couldn't be doing this without you. It would be impossible. Impossible. <laughs> impossible. I think that's how he does it. Impossible. Uh, See, I'm even doing the hand movements. You know, he's got the flat See, hands. That's, a, that's why I couldn't do it. I wasn't doing the hand motions. Was oh, that what it was? See, you got to yeah, at least have a... one hand. You know, you got to have the hand sort of out and flat with the fingers curled a little bit. You know, impossible. <laughs> and you just flail them. That you know? eye strain thing going impossible. on. Impossible. Yeah, with the eyebrows stranding straight up, you know. And the mouth, you know, the oh, with it sticking out. Okay, that's enough, Shatner. <laughs> Yeah, that's we know Shatner. We love him to death. Yes, Everybody do. knows they love him to death. But but here's what we aren't. Okay, yes, we're doing anime from a Lutheran perspective, all that stuff. But we're not here to Christian Christianize the anime. Okay, no, it's not because say, oh, guess what? Here is like an anime that is just so close to Christianity that yep, you can put that on your safe list. Okay, that's no, no, I don't even, I don't even want to do that. And we're not even here to like train you about anime stuff or to like give you all the like if you really 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 wanted to have like some of these sites have an otaku um, dictionary there are better sites than theirs to find the otaku dictionary yeah. or it's, even ours and ours know, isn't we, and ours is yeah, really complete because we've never really worked on to figure that's out. I mean, we had true. I, I mean could you i can't even imagine that we wanted it to be that elaborate yeah i, I mean there's See, see, see. Here's my here's my thing. Like, I I like what we do because it is a niche. But you know, with our thing here, I think there's an understanding that our listeners already know something about anime and they already like it. So it's not like an apology for anime. Yeah, we're not. This is like, hey, you like anime? We like we anime. Like anime. Let's let's do, talk about. Yeah, this. let's get together. Let's let's exactly. It's, we're, we're all rational because human we, beings because here. Because we don't want it to be a thing where, oh, you've never seen anime before? Well, let's, I mean, there's... this. Let I mean, me show you why it's not of the devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me show you why as, Pokemon is not going to destroy yeah. you and your kids and your pets. As Pete Holmes would say, anime is a gift from the Lord. Okay? Here, let me tell you why. No, 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 no. No, you just, you like anime... We like anime. Yeah, you all just happen to be Lutherans. There you go. There's the whole. There's the whole deal right there. Bang! It's, it's that simple. Now you had a quote. 
I'm looking right yes, at I it. Did. I'm going yes, to let is. you read it, though. Okay. This, uh, I'll, I'll Don't say from you yet. Read it. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. I, I want people to, to judge the quote based on the merit of the idea, as, as they should do as rational thinking human beings. So here's the quote. It is possible for music to be labeled Christian and be terrible music. It could lack creativity and inspiration. The lyrics could be recycled cliches that Christian band could actually be giving Jesus a bad name because they aren't a great band. It is possible for a movie to be a Christian movie and to be a terrible movie. It may actually desecrate the art form and its quality and storytelling and craft. And and the and the person that wrote that has got a really big point. Yes, he does. Yep. A point I heartily agree with. That I heartily agree with, too. Now, you want to, like, drop the bomb? <laughs> yeah, it, the person said it was <clears throat> Rob Bell. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? <clears throat> Rob Bell. Uh, I, I still didn't hear you. Um, Rob Bell. Who? No, 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 no. We have to, we have to just, no, no, we have to, we have to completely, we, we can't trust anything that he says. <laughs> He's a liberal. He's a liberal. He's, he doesn't know anything about God. <laughs> the problem is, is he has a point. Now, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess what you could do is, and, and it's funny because this would be, I guess, in certain circles, putting the best construction on. Even a yeah. blind squirrel finds a nut from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I, you see, the thing is, Rob Rob Bell is my is kind of my guilty pleasure. Yes, I disagree with him on quite a few things, but. And yes, he's a postmodern, but you know, sometimes he just says some pretty good stuff. Speaking of the best construction, today I shared a meme on Facebook of uh, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, and he always has this thing he says on Table Talk Radio, and he sings it uh, to to the um, to the tune of Single Ladies. He always says, "If you like it, then you better put the best construction on it." However, he does it. Oh. Anyways, I that's so quotable. So, it's like Rob Bell. Hey, if you like Rob Bell, then you better put the best construction on him. On him. Yeah. <laughs> him. Yeah. Speaking of, spe- okay, going back to the quote, speaking of terrible, could be terrible music. Because <laughs> it says yeah. it could be labeled Christian and be terrible. Yeah. No. If you, if you like it, then you then you better put the best construction on it. <laughs> I can't even I can't even get around to constructing it. It's ugh. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'd have to listen to it. I've I it, haven't heard it, that part, or maybe I've just sort of run past it. Who knows? It's 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 part of some game they play, having to do with putting the best construction on things, which. Which may be lost on newer Lutherans like me for a while because that's the phrase used in an older translation of the Catechism. I think the new one says that I even forget like what what the phrase is in reference to. But now, like the new translation of the Catechism is like okay. When you try say to be, new, do you mean like the new Burgundy one? Yeah, wow. or, See, I don't have that one. Well, it would still be probably in the old blue one, which I have on my shelf here. But uh, it's, I mean, I gotta find this. It's gonna drive me crazy. So, 
Oh, okay. So, so it's it's the explanation to the eighth commandment. So it says, "You shall not give false witness about your neighbor." What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. So that's what they, like, and explained everything in the kindest way that was in the older translation and put the best construction on it. Oh. Or put the best construction on everything or however that was phrased or worded, but... Well, that's how it was. Let me see. I have like a bunch of, I don't know how this happened, but I wound up with like gobs of, of small catechisms. Ah. And let me see here. The Ten Commandments, part one. Number eight. Um, yeah, well, see, this. See, the problem is is that this one is laid out differently. Okay. Well, and, let's see here. I've, I've, got, I've got Tappert and Kolb's. Books of Concord here find it. for translations. Oh, wait a minute. Wait See a minute. how they translate it. Because the small catechism is a part of our confessional documents, by the way. We should fear and love God that we may not deceitfully belie, betray, slander, or defame our neighbor, but defend him, speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. Okay, so this one's just basically ripped from the... It's interesting because this says... It says Luther's small catechism annotated by Edward W. A. Kohler. Tabbert says and interpret charitably all that he does. Do what Kolb says here. Now, now I'm just genuinely curious. <laughs> I get in one of them curious modes where I start thinking about stuff. Uh-oh. Wondering. See now, in case in case all of you have ever wondered, this is what it's like when Henry thinks. Yes. Just pulling books off the shelf. He's got them. Oh, there's the there's the old blue one. Hang on. Let me see if yeah. I can reach that real quick. But yeah, I think the blue one's still like the 1993 like text or something. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I could possibly be we're, wrong. We're about to find. Believe it out. or not, I am not infallible. Let's see. Third. No, wait a minute. That's, that's uh, baptism. Eight. The Lord's Prayer. See, this is the Lutheran stuff, folks. In case you uh, didn't, in case you didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got, we this is when we get into in the Lutheran there. stuff. Uh, Let's see, eighth commandment. Let's see, what does this one say? If this one says exactly the same thing, it says, "What does this mean? We should fear and love God." All of them say that, so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. So this is yeah, the, that's, that's this the has new got one. the new one, but this one's yeah. in the blue version. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, I've got one. They just started. They just started making them in the burgundy, just like the they Bergen, did everything else. Burgundy's so much better, but of course now they've got this. Uh, and here's Cole, by the way. Hold on to that thought. Cole says and interpret everything they do in the best possible light. None of those are as good as put the best construction on it. Yeah, it's just way cooler. But anyways. Um, yeah, so like you know, they is technically I don't know when they started the burn thing. I don't care about the politics behind it really, but you know it's funny because now they do all these prints, and and next year they're going to release in the new edition of the Catechism, I believe. Yeah, I know. Is, did did you fill out the survey? No, I didn't get See, to. I didn't find oh, out okay. about it until it was too late. 
Uh, see, I, I filled Unless one it's out. not too late, in which case I ought to be running to do that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I you see, like, I, I think what they're going to do is in the synodical catechism, uh, instead of just having like lists and lists of Bible verses, it's, it's actually going to have like some contextual work and quotes from the confessions and maybe some oh. hymns and devotional pieces as they're well. They're going to break from tradition? I Possibly. Oh, of course, it's oh. going to be like really snazzy and hip looking. Oh, a hip lo- looking burgundy book. Where have we heard that before? Yes. Well, you know, it's, but because <laughs> I think they, I think it was either when you went to fill out the survey yeah. or afterwards, once they compiled all their data and everyone's opinions, yeah. um, okay. they released like a sample. Well, we'll have to look that up, but we're going to get ready and go to the other side of the break. How about that? And when we get back, we're going to talk about the shows, and we're going to talk we're going to talk about uh, stuff that's made that actually is Christian, Christian anime stuff. We'll be back with more Angel Repair Juice in just a few moments. And you're listening to Angel Repair Juice. Welcome back to Angel Repair Juice. And before we do the contact information, we want to let everybody know that, you know, we wound up looking all through these catechisms because we were, we, I think what we were doing was we were trying to find out exactly how much of a best construction we were supposed to put on anything that Rob Bell says. Yeah, yeah we don't want the bare minimum best construction. Yeah, we want, you we, know, we want to know the kindest way. You know, defend him. Don't defame him. Don't you know? Because he's been defamed plenty. You know, with he doesn't need nobody needs our help to you know defame him more. But you know, he's, yeah. he said <laughs> he said something. You know that that makes. I, I think it's a good point. I, and the problem uh, is, is you know, imagine that. Now listen to the title of the book. It's Velvet Elvis repainting the Christian faith. So, I've read that book. By so the way. his foil. Well, I hope that that's how you figured. You, you know the this quote. But I felt very ima- Elvisy. Imagine this though. His foil in this apparently is modern. You know Christianity, probably you know late eighties, early nineties, going into the two thousands, and he's looking back at that and going, "Yeah, it was pretty crappy, guys. Um, what was you doing? You know, trying to Christianize everything." You know, I've always had a problem with this. You go into some place and they have, you know, the Christian T-shirts and they have the Christian boxer shorts. And I hope they never had that. I'm just making that up. But, you know, the Christian gift stores, which were supposed to be Christian bookstores, you know, that half of the, or rather that quarter had the books in it and all the rest of it had the Christian knickknacks, you know, so that everything could be Christianized in your home. You know, a hundred different uh, little ornaments that you could stick on the back of your car, and all of that stuff. And Jesus is my co pilot. Jesus is my co pilot. <laughs> you know, all the stuff and you know, there was one downtown in Melbourne and it's gone. You know, it's just to show how much everybody 
I guess got to a point was like, why are we why are we shopping here again, honey? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they had cool stuff in here at one point, or maybe we just thought that it was cool, and now we don't think that it's cool anymore. That's probably what happened. Like it's like when they try to make school cool. Yeah. <laughs> but you know they're just like they're you know, just trying to fool feeding you. you a bunch of crap. They're just trying you know to it's fool not you. cool. They're just trying to fool you. Yeah. It's it's like it's like whenever um you know the little baby won't eat and then you start doing the thing with the airplane. Here comes the airplane. It's like yep, it's still asparagus, mom. I don't want it. You know. <laughs> 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 the baby knows, you know, the, that young, they know that you're trying to feed them something, you know, and yeah. and you grow up figuring that out. And maybe for a while you'll eat the asparagus, but, you know, eventually you go, why have I been eating this? You know, yeah. and, and you go, there's no substance to it. So that's, that's, usually. I, mean, I mean, technically asparagus is pretty substantive, okay. but it, well, okay. But, but, let's don't get technical. But, I'm just talking yeah, about, baby yeah. but before <laughs> we go any further, we got to do contact information. So what don't no, we do? Wait, wait, wait. We never really got to the point of Rob's quote though. Yeah, but we got to like, get this contact information in or we're not going to do it. Okay. Which we've okay. done a lot, which is probably, which would probably explain why we don't get emails. That's <laughs> well, that could be any number of reasons. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this show could be like just bad. It could be Rob Bell's quote could apply to all of this. <laughs> yeah, so, you do. I, I, I was going to write, but then they quoted Rob Bell, and uh, I am so done. <laughs> I'm never listening to this show again. <laughs> anyway, okay, Angel. Let me do it real quick. Angel Repair Juice PC at gmail dot com. If you'd like to send us an email, Angel Repair Juice PC, all one word at gmail dot com. You can also go to the website angelrepairjuice.wordpress.com. Angel Repair Juice, and that actually is spelled like it sounds. Angel Repair Juice at wordpress.com. You can find the group there, Angel Repair Juice, and you can also find a page, Angel Repair Juice. And if you'd like, you can go on Twitter, ARJ Podcast on Twitter. Okay. Now, what was the point of of Rob Bell's quote? It actually is better to have it on this half than it was on the back yeah. half, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But um, yeah. So like, you know, this this other podcast that we found, which shall remain anonymous, because hey, they're we trying. Don't, we don't know what I, to think of them yet. Actually, is what yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I give them points because they're wrestling with it, but I think because they're probably evangelicals, they start from a different premise that we do, but. Um, it's kind of this idea like we have to have an apologetic for the things we do that, that aren't wrong, but people think that they are. So like, uh, in this instance, Rob Bell brings up, like we can't listen to secular music because that's quote unquote bad. So we have to have Christian rock music or we have to have Christian movies because we, we're so afraid of ideas like, Oh no, like in a secular movie, we may encounter an idea that is opposed to Christianity, and I just can't handle these ideas. Like ideas, it's like that's like worse than horror movies because they scare me. Yeah, so much for best construction, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, oh no, they disagree. I I can't take this anymore. Give me the Left Behind movie. Left Behind, please give it to me. Yeah, which because, one? Yeah. <laughs> the older one starring Kurt Cameron or the or the or the one with Nicolas Cage? The the old terrible ones? Or, or the, the new, new terrible, terrible ones? 
<laughs> like, like Nicholas Cage is like, I think we've been left behind. I, I, that's that's a horrible Nicholas Cage impression, but you know, like I've never seen the movie, but I can just like see like the camera like panning in on him and be like, we've been left behind. <laughs> we've been left behind. <laughs> Like, okay, because you always imagine him. Because uh, you know, of all the roles that he ever played, you remember the movie Face Off. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Nicholas Cage is like one of those actors that basically just has Nicholas Cage. This is how he acts. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. see him in a, you see him in an interview. You see him in the movie. There's not really much difference. No. So, but but either way, you know, you could see him in Face Off turning around. We were left behind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute! <laughs> oh man! But, but you know, he's but he's got a point though because yeah. Some and and here, um, I don't know if you saw this. We reported on it on uh, Radical Grace Radio a while back. These groups that um, you know that were Christian rock bands, big big Christian rock bands, coming out as we're basically atheists now. Yeah, uh, and it's like, how can that even happen? I mean, there's something about this whole endeavor this whole enterprise of of creating christian things that turns out okay so we made christian stuff but now the people that made it have turned atheist because something about doing that made them crazy i don't know well see it's i think it's this idea of like when you're afraid of ideas then you have no idea how to deal with them so i mean if you haven't noticed there's been a huge apologetic boom here lately like there's like apologetic stuff all over the place podcasts yeah um, and I think it's because for so long, first of all, for so long, we've had a position of dominance in the culture. So um, when you're in that position, you don't have to answer questions like you do when you're under fire and you're losing influence. So as Christianity is losing influence, other modes of thinking, um, particularly like the new atheism, is um, gaining a lot of ground. Um, so people have like these faith crises and they don't know what to do. And like, like the, like our little safe Christian, it's like the, it's, it's not unlike like the safe zones at like universities, you know, like where they have like these safe rooms. That's like what it is for Christians. Like we have these little safe rooms and you can go in here and the ideas can't hurt you when you're at the Christian coffee shop with our, all of our Christian stuff. Yeah. And with our Christian the, coffee and the Christian Christian this, and then you never end up like confronting anything in the real world. And I propose you can't even speak to the real world. Yeah, whenever because because what happens is and this is the the part that that I don't like about the whole thing is that if you stay in just those circles, my Christian music, my Christian clothes, my Christian car, my Christian you know everything. You wind up with a, a way of relating to things in just that way, and you can't relate to it in any other way. You can't talk about yeah. something in some other way. You're always yeah. using, you know, Christian lingo to talk about everything. That was remember we were listening to a podcast before, and I kept going, ugh, ugh. And the reason I was is because I could hear it. They were using Christian lingo to talk about this stuff, and it's like, guys, stop already. I mean, you don't have to put on that air everywhere you go. You could just talk like yourself. You know, don't worry about, I mean, maybe somebody might send you a nasty email because you just 
talked about something just from your own point of view with just the way you would normally talk in a room with just other people. You, you don't have to do that. And that was when something always drove me crazy whenever I was before I became a Lutheran, you know, when I was in the you know other churches. There was a way that you knew you had to present yourself in front of everyone else. And as yeah. soon as you left there, you could drop all of that. And I was like, I, this is just this is just craziness. I, I can't do this. It makes me feel disingenuous to do that. Yeah. Uh, and and on top of that, before it's over with, you you find that you can't talk to anybody if you do it often enough. You wind up training yourself to that's that's the only way you ever talk is is like you're a Christian, you know, with this Christian lingo and Christian all of this, and other people look at you like, what are you saying? I, yeah. I don't get, you know, I don't get what you're talking about, you know, and or or they just look at you crazy and you're like, I don't know why they're doing that. And it, it's because, you know, you're like ultra peculiar here. You're you you've gone off into the weeds someplace and everyone's ignoring you now. You're not having any impact on anything. Yeah. <laughs> not even your own life. So. So, and of course, too, like we got to tie this back into anime. Like the reason why this applies to anime. Of course, we've discovered this podcast, and I'm, for the most part, I'm reserving judgment until I can listen to it more. And then again, I'm glad that they've they've kind of you know dove into the niche as well. Yeah, I don't mind that there's people doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like hey, it's like you know, we, at least we've established the fact that Christians do like anime, and they're trying to wrestle with what that means. But there have been Christian anime, and <laughs> I. I now, now, let me. I stole this from Wikipedia, and of course, can you technically steal something from Wikipedia because it's open source, and or you know anyone can get on there and write anything? So uh-huh. it, that's another uh, issue, I guess. But anyways, I'm going to read this little thing, and so most people may be unaware that um, Osamu Tezuka actually uh, created a Christian anime. Well, he also had. Um, a long-running, I believe it was a manga and an anime, based on the life of Buddha. So people thought he was a Buddhist, but then some people say he's agnostic. And I say those two things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. But anyways, so uh, it's called Osamu Tezuka's Old Testament Stories. And it's an anime television series based on the Old Testament the series was a co-production between Nippon TV and Tezuka Productions. And Italy's government owned uh, broadcaster Radio Televisione Italiana. And uh, the series was in production uh, between the late 80s and early 90s. It didn't actually air in Japan until 1997, though. Um, but it's been aired in the United States. Uh it, it was on the Catholic uh, EWTN, Eternal World Network. It's been in Italy, Spain, and Germany as well. And so the, the Vatican actually um, commissioned this. So they actually contacted Tezuka and wanted him to, to make this because it's like, hey, um, let's ride this craze and get some Catholics into some anime here, you know, uh, or the other way around. It's like, hey, and have these Catholic kids watching anime. Gotta Jesus fire this thing. So, in addition <laughs> to this one, <laughs> commissioned by the Pope himself, um, another two 
that I was more familiar with was Superbook and The Flying House, which were made for Pat Robertson, and that's you know the Christian Broadcasting Network, and those were made in the early '80s. So it's like, hey, we need to Jesusify this anime here. Get some Jesus up in here in this anime. Pour some Holy Spirit on it and make it you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. See, and there, and there are people that would go, oh, you can't talk that way as you blasphemy. It's like, no, come on. I'm, I'm getting the impression that the blasphemy happens when people think that they can just take something and pour some Christian stuff into it. And it's just going to be, you know, oh, people are just going to yeah. love it. Yeah. And, you know, no, no. and here's the thing is the, the little bits of there's a website that you can go to 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 see Tezuka's um, at least some clips of the thing. And it's not the thing is, is it, that's not bad because this is a master who knows how to do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, most of the time what happens is, you know, they, they send I, I know exactly what happens to this. The same thing that happens to all good anime. It gets made. It's got, you know, a Japanese track, and they send it over, and they got to change it all around and and cut it into all little pieces, and then before it's over with, it's it's junk, anyway. So, who knows what yeah. it was you were watching whenever Superbook was on? I, I mean, <laughs> so of course, of course, you got to keep in mind these things were commissioned by the Vatican and Pat Roberts, and so I, I'm thinking either one of two things: either like anime was getting popular, and they're like, hey, we need a. Uh, we need a Christian alternative to this Robotech. Or, Which is, yeah. <laughs> you know, or it's just that maybe it was cheaper. But I would think that at the time, Korean animation would have been cheaper uh, because it was cheaper. So, like, of course, we all remember Diatron 5, that anime which <laughs> shall not be named, even though I just named it. Even though you just um, named it, thank you. Even though I just named it. So it's um, the creator of Diatron 5 actually did a um, Korean animation uh, on the life of Jesus, and that I don't know if, where that ended up airing, but so I mean it, it has been done, and of course it's all this was done so long ago we can't look into like why they chose to do it. Maybe it was just cheap animation, and this stuff is for kids, so you know is, is, there's nothing wrong with like showing your kids cartoons of Jesus because you want to educate them, and that's. A good way to do it, but I think behind that is this trend that we have to have Christian everything, yeah. and uh, because we can't have the other stuff, that might be because those other ideas might might mess with you or something like that. Yeah. Well, now yeah. here's the thing, though. What we would rather do here would be to take like, okay, now here's where I get to have a rant. Okay, yeah. there's the you know the first show that that I did in the in the. In the uh, the recap or the fire hose, we don't know what's going to be called yet, but but the, the it's called erased, which is what I called it in the thing. I called it erased. I called it in my recap erased because that's what they're calling it. It turns out that you know they've changed the name from the original. I'm going to skip the Japanese version of it. It's the town without me is the name of the of the show. And guess what? The theme of this show is going to be. It's going to be all about guilt. It's going to be about Guilt that you didn't do something when you should have. There's there's sins of omission. There's a sin of commission. The wrong person goes to jail for for a crime that he didn't commit. There's murder in there. Someone's trying to cover up for for their their own crimes. You know, killing other people. There's 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 all kinds of of good stuff in there that you can look at 
and you know you can draw your own conclusion about the about you know whether or not um there's any salvation in there or there's not salvation in there you can be thankful that you know that there is salvation or maybe you'll see a glimmer of it in there i don't know it's we're actually there's two episodes of it but i'm going to keep it lined out so that everything's all even through this because i don't want to like run out of episodes at the end and these other shows still have episodes playing like we did last season but this but the thing is is i would rather that people do that take something that is actually you know like it's coming out right now and this is a popular i'm going to say anyway i like it boko dake ga inaimachi the town without me and that is you know it's it's actually referring to an essay written by the uh the girl that um is one of the murder victims it it got like an award and was put in the uh there's like a a newsletter that they put it in at the school so that you know everybody you know how they used to do that they i guess they still do it in school you know you do a writing essay and it's really good and they make a big deal out of it the interesting thing is though is that it's kind of like she's telling everybody that my life is terrible i wish somebody would help me and everyone's applauding going oh you did a great job nobody's noticing that there's a problem you know? <laughs> she's yeah. she's crying out for help and and everyone's like oh you did a great job writing that think it's like oh there's just all kinds of stuff in there that's like stirs you up makes you go oh i wish that you know somebody somebody would do something you know Hmm. That, then, that is very interesting. Oh, yeah. it's, got, it's got a lot of it's so far in just these these the two episodes that are out. I'll talk about the second episode in in the recap next week. But but this thing's yeah. so popular that they're also making a movie out of it. Hmm. There's a live action movie coming out um, this summer on it. It's going to come out after the uh, um, after the anime's done. But you know still. And usually the only time that there's an anime and a movie being made at the same time is if something's really popular. Yeah. So it must be hitting some kind of a nerve, something that makes people go, oh, yeah. And, and you know, there's kind of a universal thing from the very first episode. I knew I was hooked. Hmm. There's no way I'm getting out of this one because I want to see if 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 this thing can work itself out somehow and i get the feeling i know how but even if i know how even if i've like inadvertently spoiled it for myself it's still going to be cool <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> and i can't say what it is cuz i don't want to spoil it for everybody in case that is actually a spoiler imagine yeah. that i don't know if it's a spoiler so i'm not going to say might it be. it might be <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey wimey i don't know <laughs> So it might be, you know, see, that's all I'm good at is talking. That's, and and, you know, when I listen to some of these other programs, I go, man, I know you're reading from a script. I know you wrote this before you started. And I'm like, I used to do that. Been doing podcasting for almost 10 years now. And I don't worry about it anymore. I've got notes, but that's about the end of it. Yeah. You know, I got some notes here. I got an idea of what I want to talk about. It just, I don't know. Try and be natural. Just, just flows out just, of, of your passion for the anime. Well, sure, you know. Yeah, that just kind of makes. And sense, then I get but. transported back so that I'm like my 11 year old self back in 19. Actually, for me, it'd be much further back, where I'm going to try and correct this so that all the mistakes that I've ever made doesn't 
wind up being oh, sure. this mess. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen eighty five. No, it would be even further back than that. I was I would have been eleven in nineteen uh wait a minute. Nineteen seventy seven. Oh that's right. I was no. eleven years old when Star Wars came out. Oh, okay. I was right at that huh. right at that right age to where, you know, I'm like, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Wow you know. Eyes bugging out. Oh man! Mom, can I have that? Mom, mom, mom! You know what I had? Star what did you have? Star Wars collar forms. Have you ever heard of collar forms? Some no. people out there listening to this went, "Oh yeah, I remember collar forms." <laughs> See, they they were made out of this sort of plastic material that you peeled and you could stick them on this this um, this oh. background. And you could create all these different scenes, you know. Yeah. And you could make up your own stuff. I had I remember the those. original yeah. Star Wars collar form set, you know, where you peel them off and you stick them on there and you put the R2-D2 on there. And, and, <laughs> and Luke's arms, you know, the arms are separate so you can make different poses and stuff. And you could stick a different lightsaber in and, you know, you could actually have him fight Darth Vader if you wanted to. And you could prop the thing up and say there's the thing i created until you get mad and peel it all off and make a new one you know and it was real real easy to play with and everyone thought that it was the coolest thing in the world and now i want to know if they still make them <laughs> it's hard to say maybe i mean i i had those when i was a kid oh yeah, yeah. well they they stuck around at least that long because yeah early 90s yeah, here, let me see your collar forms collar see we'll even stop for a minute to like google stuff in our show, Google. Well, while you're while you're googling, <laughs> uh, yep, I'm collarforms dot com. Look at that. Oh, yeah. They even have a website. They've Ooh. made it into the 21st century. <laughs> like like the one kid on his birthday is like, I really hope I get an iPad for Christmas. Or They're available for Toys R Us even. I want to I want I want an iPad. And then he gets the 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 square package and it's collar forms. He's like. What do I do with this? Oh, whoa. You stick them on things. Yeah, you stick them on things. <laughs> so much fun. Angry Birds collar oh, forms. Just like the know, real thing. You know what they have? Oh, you know what they have? This would be so cool. They have an app. They have a collar forms app. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> But I'm, like on here, but I'm looking on here and you can get you can get the Popeye's cartoon Popeye cartoon kit, and there's one on here for Michael Jackson. That's crazy. <laughs> this is all. Oh, it's, it, they have a historical section. That's what it is. Oh, that's funny. classic color forms. <laughs> <laughs> See, now there needs to be anime color forms. Hmm. That's what there needs to be. I'll have to look and see if there's like you know a section on there for anime collar forms. Then you will buy them. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would. I might. Who knows? Oh, you will. Well, <laughs> anyways, to to steer this back on that topic. So my <laughs> my three shows for the season were uh, once again Iron Blooded Orphans, and I must say uh, I'm going to talk about the show here in a second. But Iron Blooded Orphans kicked in the high gear finally. Oh yeah, and um, yeah. And then, I, then I'm also watching uh, Tabi Machi uh, late night show. I believe okay, that's the what name did of that, it. Now, how did that turn out? Did that turn out like we thought it would? 
it did not turn out like I thought it would. Yeah. And it it is it's only four episodes long. Oh yeah. Um it's so short. And I, so so I'm watching it and I'm thinking um it's gonna be a comedy about cooking. You know, like they'll have like these little kind of cheesy kind of uh cooking shows like oh like here's how you make a sandwich and <laughs> yay you made a sandwich thank you oni san you are so good at cooking and like, like they actually try to show you how to cook something and like an anime that's funny but it's not that at all and it the animation is is really how do i say simple it's it's almost like um almost like a comic almost like it's something in in uh, pre-production almost and it's the, the story is just so captivating. It just like sucks you in and it's very emotional and everything um, just comes across so much, like all the feelings and the way they coordinate the music and just uh, with the animation and the, the story itself and, and the story. And this first episode is so good. Just It's almost like, um, I want to say cyclical. Is that is that how you say something that's it's not cylindrical, but it's circular, I guess. Yeah. And that everything kind of in the story kind of comes full circle in a way. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know. So it's it's just excellent. I, I couldn't I couldn't recommend it enough, and I had no idea that that I would enjoy it this much. And I hate to say it's only four episodes long because it's just um, it's just really different. It is. Um, definitely check it out. It's only like seven minutes long. It's like seven minutes and 40-something seconds, I think. And, and it's worth every second of that short period of time. So go go check it out. Um, my other anime, um, the last one I'm going to be reviewing is Schwarzenmarken. Schwarzenmarken? Yeah, I think that's how said, you say it. Which you said as of this taping, they hadn't actually aired yet. Well, it it was like simulcasting right, like right when we do it, or like right before. So I didn't want to like. Technically, there's already two episodes out, but I don't pay for Crunchyroll because I'm cheap. I'm trying to find solidarity with our uh, listeners who don't pay for Crunchyroll. So uh, technically, if you have premium, you can watch the second episode already. Um, but that'll be a week behind because I just didn't want to rush it. Um, so anyway, anyways, Iron Blooded Orphans really surprised me. The, the last three episodes, they have kicked it into high gear. And interestingly enough, in the last two episodes of season one, they introduced this spiritual thing because uh, w- one of the Tekadon guys met his long lost brother who was working for like this thug. And there are these children called human debris. They're more or less slaves. So this guy has them and he just uses them to fight pilot mobile suits. So both of these brothers were considered human debris and they get separated when they're little and they find each other. Well, uh, the Tekadon guy, I think his name is Akihiro or something. Um, his brother ends up dying in this battle. And so they have a funeral for him. Tekadon does. And so they bring in those like questions like what happens when we die? And of course it's being a Japanese show, this theme of reincarnation comes in. And it's like, like, well, I've heard it said that like 
once you die, you come back, um, and that you just don't like cease to exist. And like all of the, the people on Mars, like have never like been to a funeral. And, um, it's, it's like something like almost like a lore, lore-ish type thing. Like people used to have funerals in the past, but we don't do that now. And, and that was a really interesting kind of storyline. Just so they go from this into, uh, this beginning of season two and kind of like the, the social commentary just hits you in the face. Like, okay, this is what this is about. And, uh, let, let me kind of preface this with an interesting thing that happened on Facebook this week. And Matthew, you know about this. So I, I'm reading this book on liberation theology. It's it was written in like 93, so it's very dated, but it is a great book, and I will plug it right now. It's called Liberation Theology, an Introductory Guide by Robert McAfee Brown. What makes this book so compelling is it's a he starts off this book with his personal experiences um, in Nicaragua and parts of South America. Uh, where there's all this conflict going on in the early 1990s. More or less, what was happening is that you had these um, kind of guerrilla fighters called the Contra, yeah. and they were going in and just terrorizing uh, the populace. And most people are poor anyways, and they have no means of defending themselves. You know, the husbands are, it's not unlike ISIS, where they go in, they kill the husbands, they rape the women, and they steal the young men to become soldiers and they're taking them back to Honduras to train, to go back to Nicaragua and kill their families. It's just, it was just a horrible, horrible situation. And in this conflict that had been going on, just not in Nicaragua, but in other parts of South America and the 1960s and seventies, they're among primarily Roman Catholic priests. Um, they began to articulate what's now called liberation theology. And it's, it's more or less, um, what does the gospel look like from the eyes of the poor? And because this is something Jesus did talk about a lot. And because um, Jesus himself uh, certainly wasn't a wealthy person, he was uh, more or less poor. And so uh, it's just a great book, and there's a lot of stuff in the book about um our responsibility to the poor and how to um, to to overcome poverty and and uh, that kind of sense. So, anyways, I, and that come back, this, comes back to Gundam. It does, it does. Believe it or not. So, so, anyways, you you. you I, I'm no, a, I just wanted I'm to make a, sure you didn't like, yes. do what we've been doing through the whole show, and it's yeah. to make the point. <laughs> this, this is the rabbit trail episode. But no, this this really does tie into to Gundam. Believe it or not. So, anyways. You, you know this, Matt, because you commented. I, I posted a picture of this book on Facebook, and oh, it just exploded. Went, yeah, that's where everyone went that ballistic. And I was yeah, like, yeah, they, they went bananas. And, and I came on with, well, what in the bloody, it, what is all this? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, there were a lot of comments that ended up getting deleted later, not by me, but there were some people, people who yeah. were. You who could were tell there was being quite it. Because even now, when you look at that that thread, people are talking to no one. Yeah, no yeah, one. it doesn't make sense. There were there were, there were quite a few nasty comments on this 
thread that ended up being removed. So like, like all of the conversation in the, in the thread that was left doesn't make very much coherent sense. Now, but it, yeah. it, it was, it was unreal. So, so what does this have to do with Gundam? Okay. So you, you see the, um, the main characters and they're, they're poor. They, they are these, uh, people that are called human de- debris. They're like a slave class. They're just, you know, they, they live to, um, to work. Basically they have no, no worth. Um, so you, you see this theme emerge early on. Um, this theme of dealing with what does it mean to be human? What is human worth? And it seems like this just came really apparent to me in this first episode of the second season, because you see, as they go to these earth colonies, um, you know, the people Orga meets with are factory workers and they're in a similar situation. They're oppressed by the ruling class. Uh, and they kind of live to work. They have no uh, insurance. You know, if you get hurt, uh, or killed on the job, there's no kind of reparations. You just live to produce for those who are better off than you. And so, you know, the poor are oppressed by the rich and the military, Garlehorn and uh, Kundalia, she's seen as like the liberator of these oppressed people. Someone has been spreading all this propaganda that like, you know, she's going to come from Mars and she's going to set things right. And these people have all this hope that things are going to get better, but it's really misguided because she wants to have peaceful negotiations with the earth government. But all these people are just like wanting this revolution and they're so eager to result of violence to achieve the same end. Um, so it's like, you know, Tekadon doesn't want this cause they, they know it's just going to be bad. Kundalia certainly doesn't want it, but it's like when people get this desperate, they just want, they want it to change so bad that they'll resort to violence. So you know, the lower class people are seeing, you know, human machines, the human debris are just tools of war. And Tekadon, they like represent the liberation of the oppressed because because they were in this situation themselves in the beginning because they were basically owned by Christguard security and they liberated themselves, you know, and now they're trying to figure out like, okay, we're all in this situation. We're all like a family now. And of course, that's that's another thing they hit on. It's like family is more than like your uh, your biological relatives. It's, it's those people that you end up kind of like going through things with and they're always there for you. And uh, so I, I thought that was an interesting um, kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't even know the words, man. I just like I'm reading this book. Oh, I see all this now. Yeah. Don't Gundam. you hate it when that happens? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, like, I totally didn't see any of that, but that's what they're commenting on. They're, they're commenting on this, like, this disparity between the rich and the poor, and especially in Japan when people just work and work and work and work, well, and they have – that's actually you – know, uh, that is actually very true. Yeah, I mean, the people just live to work over there, you know. Well, that's the utilitarianism. Yeah. Yeah, always remember that. There's there's several good articles if you if you don't have a good book about. It. There's several good articles that you can pull up online about utilitarianism in Asia. Uh, it takes different forms in the West because there because we have an enlightenment. There's a lot of the world that doesn't have the quote unquote an enlightenment. Yeah. Um, there's you know most of the Muslim world doesn't have one. A lot of the Asian Asia doesn't have a quote-unquote enlightenment 
Um, if if there's an enlightenment that happened, it was actually forced on Japan. Uh, it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, you see, we're going to drag you kicking and screaming into the 20th century, you know, after you lost the war. Basically, that's how that worked. That's their enlightenment. Um, you know, shining the light. Now we have anime. Right in, yeah, right in their face. And what did we get? We got anime for it. Yeah, exactly. Anime and so, cheap sushi restaurants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's that's that's probably part of what you're looking at in that is is utilitarianism. You know, they're gonna you are expected. In fact, this is this is the way it starts out. They they all understand that they are expected to live this way, and they're perfectly fine with it until something comes up, and it's it's always a different kind of thing that comes up. Um, I'm going to send you in to die. Well, why me? You know, there's all these other people. No, I'm sending you. You just we drew the lot, and it's your turn. Sorry, you're. You, you get to go die. And, you know, maybe that person does and other people look at it and go, wait a minute. This, there had to be a better solution, see, than just being told that you're the one that has to die. And it would be a great thing. You did a great thing. You know, the kamikaze pilots, for instance, that's the way they treated them. You know, you're out of ammo. Yeah. That's all right. Go ahead and crash the plane. We can make another one. And they did. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and crash the plane. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think like the like the utilitarianism works as long as you can like make enough to survive. It's like when you you do all the work and you sacrifice, and then it's like, oh wait, I'm actually not. This isn't sustainable. That's when that's when it all starts to crack yeah. all the, all the pieces. That's the that's part of the reason why you see the problems that we've got, you know, in the Middle East. You know, so you know. I don't want to talk about that though. That's not anime. No. Although, although they do have sort of an anime, and some Muslims have a crush on anime. I'm going to call it that because I don't know what else you would call it. <laughs> Indonesia is really popular. Oh yeah. That's like the biggest Muslim country in the world, I believe. Yeah. So I got these two other ones. That, that I'm not going to comment too much on them because we've like we've run over our usual allotment, but it's no big deal. We've run over before. Um, yeah. Grimgar, I, I have not five. seen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Every time we mention it, we wind up adding five minutes to a show. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that how much we're over? Five minutes? No, it's probably more than that, but I'm not concerned oh, okay. about it. But, okay. but uh, this Grimgar, Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash, I'm still not. I've, I've only seen the one episode. Um, it didn't air until today. Um, in fact, it may not have aired yet. Um, I have to check and make sure. Uh, Bubaki Baranki, which they have given the weirdest name to. B-B-R-B-R-N-K. Don't ask me why. B- I, I, I don't know why they would name it that. That's what it is in English. No no vowels. Uh, what's so hard to pronounce? Bubaki Baranki. That's easy. The Baranki or the Mechas. By the way, there's tons. There's tons of, of um, Neon Genesis references in that first episode. Oh, really? <laughs> because it's you know, these giant mechas, you know, and somewhere I wrote the the whole thing about oh yeah, that's right. Hmm. The 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 girl, what's her name? Um um Kaoruko gives one of them a sniff and goes, Mmm, smells just like mom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, we're not trying to copy anyone here. Oh, it's just a it's just but. a reference actually because there's a whole different thing going on here than than like it was in that. Because there's yeah. there's a government actually trying to hide what happened as opposed oh, okay. to as opposed to there's these angels coming trying to destroy everybody. 
It's like, nah, nah, we want to hide it and we want to blame it on this kid who's like, I guess he's probably 16 now. He's like, Shinji. It's, it's, it's his fault. No, he doesn't know anything about it. You know, he's like, it's, well, it's his fault. You know, he was huh. the one that was in it. I said, well, wait a minute. My sister was in it too. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, it's your fault. Yeah, it's all your fault. And it's your mother's fault because she's a witch and she's a wanted uh, witch. Yeah. And it's like, what? You know, <laughs> hello. I mean, you know, how it, many tropes can we play on many, in this show? <laughs> but the thing is, is it's really good. It's very, it's oh. very well done. It's, it made me go, hmm. They've, I thought at first that I was, I was all ready to switch out another show for it, but the first episode made me go, Whoo. and what actually made me go, wow, that was really cool, was I found out that it's CGI. The whole show is. Oh, yeah. But I didn't notice while I was watching it. It's interesting. It's very interesting, because usually you can tell that it's an all CGI production. Yeah. I at first I, I there's a couple of places near where I went. Well, I wonder if no, no, no. See, it's varying around, and you know they're standing still, and it's you know got that you know how sometimes anime's got that sort of staticky look. Yeah, you know where it's basically just two frames moving back and forth. It's got stuff like that, and I thought, mm. well, okay, so this you know it must be no, no. It's it's all CGI, every bit of it, all of it, backgrounds and everything. Wow, that's and I, interesting. And I went, oh, huh. They're getting very, very good at this. Very good, and I'm kind of, huh. and I'm kind of glad because I'd at least like them to be able to. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because what that does is it prevents them from having to outsource everything to Korea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then they can do everything in house, and that makes it not not that we don't like Korea. Not we that do, we don't, you know. But you know, not Diatron Five. Japanese people need jobs too. Yeah, well, well, they definitely do. Because talk about (laughs) Korean animation has improved since the days of Diatron Five. Don't don't mistake us. (laughs) (laughs) It has, it has. You're right. It's a little, it's a little strange at times, but yeah, you're right. It's it's gotten better. Of course, I think a lot. But can you really call for us? Yeah, but can you really call it anime? Oh, you have to call it any. You have to call it. Yeah. You can't call it manga or manga. Sorry, that was, was committed a cardinal sin yes, there. You, you can't do. call it manga. You have to call it manhwa. Yeah. So, so yeah. See, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even we all are sinners here. <laughs> yeah, we're all sinners. We are all sinners. But anyway, okay. Now, now I'm going to look and see how far we've run over. Yeah. Eh, one one hour and eleven minutes. That's not bad. Oh, it could no, have been we, much worse. No, we've done like almost two hours before. So <laughs> this could have been. Oh yeah, so bad. We have so much so that we had to break one episode up into two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so although let's face it, that's probably like the pinnacle of of ARJ uh, podcasting. There when we had uh, Pastor uh, Geesey on. Yeah, we got to like drag him back. Actually, we what we got to do is we got to send out some emails to some people and say, hey, listen. We're doing the show. We're We'd like you to be. Don't say desperate. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not supposed to let them know that we're you're not desperate. supposed to. You're not supposed oh. to like you know, let people. See, I, I figured we would go for like the straight. Don't cat pay thing. attention like, to like, the like man you, behind like you, the curtain. Like, like you come up to the door and you're scratching and you're all pitiful looking. Please be on my podcast. <laughs> you're the only one. Listen, <laughs> asking you shall receive. Don't ask him what's going to happen. Right? Don't ask. Right? 
It'll actually, just be us. The, actually, the real trouble is is getting some people to admit that they like anime, and you know, they're going to be on our show. Pastor, here's the thing. Pastor Ted Geezy was a good sport. He was, he's not like this big anime fan. No, he's, no. He just he just took my challenge when I said, "Watch this, okay? Yeah. Watch this thing. It's a couple. Of, I mean, he even took it so much that he purchased them on Blu-ray. You know, and comes, the man knows movies. Yeah, and he knows his movies. I mean, he had a lot of great insights is to explain oh yeah i know why they did this and i know and it's and the best insight the most important thing if you never learn anything else about anything i don't care whether it's books or movies or television shows or anime or anything if christianity is mentioned in its in its normal form in some way in the show then that means that the authors are aware of it and that it that it kind of matters yeah. You know, what, what did Ted say that anywhere where Christianity is referenced, that's a world in which Christianity it's a world in exists. Which Christianity exists. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's it like wow, that's, that's really profound. That's yeah. act, that's act, that actually is a big deal. You know, like, like in Monica Magica, for instance, there's that whole part in there where, uh, Kyosuke has got his hand back. He, he, he's a violinist and that's what he was, you know, growing up training to be, you know, and he was in an accident. His arm got tore up. He was never going to be able to play again. And you know, Sayaka uses her wish to heal him, you know, and they're up on, they, she takes him all the way up on the roof of the hospital. Everybody's up there. Dad says, I couldn't throw your violin away. I'm sorry. I know you told me to, but I kept it, hands it to him. And what does he play? Ave Maria. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. First thing, you know, he hasn't played in weeks. He's going to play on his violin. He plays Ave Maria. So that, you know, it's obvious that, you know, they are referencing that in there. Now, that might not be the whole point of the story, but it's obvious that this has had an impact on writing the story. So you ought to pay yeah. attention to it. Yeah. You know, and and ever since then, if I go rewatch something or I'm, I'm paying attention, I go, oh, in canon, at the end of – if anybody's ever seen the anime canon – at the end of it, Yuichi goes to not temples; he goes to churches. Literally, churches. You know, one of them looks like a Lutheran church, pulpit, altar, all of that stuff. You know, he's sitting there; he's thinking about stuff. You can hear the narration over top of it. You know, he comes out, stands out on the front steps of the church, looking up at the sky. All that stuff. It's like, oh, hmm, that stuff exists in that world. That's important. That's probably important. It's important reference there. Um, that it's a missionary in Totoro. That's a missionary hospital. That uh, that the kids' mother's in. Huh? Cool. Christianity exists in that in Miyazaki's world too. You yeah. think angel repair juice exists in any worlds other than this one? Other than- <laughs> like, like, does in, that have any significance in for our most, world? It exists. <laughs> no, stop, stop. It exists. In the most important world that there is, Shatner's world. <laughs> and with that, and with that, we we we, we got to end there because <laughs> that's the best way to end. <laughs> Thanks my name the, is th- Henry Volk, and my name is Matthew Pancake, and you've been listening to Angel Repair Juice. Come back and listen to us next time when we talk more about anime from a Lutheran perspective. You know, you want to, you can't get enough of the niche. <laughs> <laughs> or the niche cannot get enough of you. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, folks. Keep it 
This is a real deal, no more. I'm asking, this is what my heart is.